When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Hey everybody, thank you for listening to Horror Movie Night. Don't forget to head over to our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast if you would like to donate money to allow us to continue bringing you this sweet sweet content and now let's discuss a really bad werewolf movie (laughs) yeah can we just right off the bat say this that jason bateman is no michael j fox can we just say that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i get how being a werewolf would really help with basketball but uh boxing (laughs) seriously Oh no, he watched the wrong film. <laughs> oh my god, Adam, is that you? Wait with the bit. So what do you get when you take what is arguably one of the best werewolf movies of all time and decide this movie needs to have Sybil Danning ripping her top off 19 times in the closing credits? You get The Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. Adam couldn't be here today because he's on a trip to find his long-lost sister. But we are joined by a good friend of the podcast, Brian Berger. Hello, Brian. Hello. Uh, now you so might, I'm filling uh, in for Adam okay. today. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So you need to be pissed off about everything. <laughs> okay. I think I can handle that. Um, <laughs> so we discussed the Howling Two. Your sister is a werewolf, which is the full the full title. You might not find the full title on most DVD releases because I think eventually they were like, "Well, that title fucking sucks." But it, that is the the title it was released under. Uh, I want to real quickly find an email because this was from a listener. A listener put us through this. Okay. Someone was this Dan? This was Dan. Dan, you son of a bitch. Yeah. So you finally met Dan. Yeah, at the uh, when we did the uh, the live taping. Yes. And he had previously requested a few other uh, movies to us, but he goes, um, So when are you going to pick a werewolf movie? Yeah. I want to recommend Howling 2. Uh, I basically just want to hear you guys utter its title and hear Matt break out in a cackling laughter, just going over the utter shit scene transitions and dialogue. Attached herein, please find photographic evidence of the 80s awesomeness that is this movie. 
<laughs> oh man, uh, he mentioned the transitions. That was going to be one of my notes. So, what was your favorite transition, guys? <laughs> personally, personally, the spiral wipe I think was my favorite. Yeah, like a toilet flush just going right around the screen. Yeah, this movie. Well, to be fair, this whole movie is a toilet flush. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie literally starts off with the same opening as Zardoz, where it's like. <laughs> It's just like a floating head yeah. summarizing what's going on. Um, yeah, except this one is fucking Christopher Lee. <laughs> he must have been so broke. Oh, man. I, I, there, I, I was so confounded by how shit this film was after watching it. I, I Actually, I think I didn't even get through it before. I was like, what? how is it even being like, how is the stuff on the screen happening? And why is Christopher Lee in this? So I started reading up on the history of it while I was just wading through the piles of shit that this this movie just puts on display. And um, if I remember correctly, Christopher Lee was like, <laughs> he turned to somebody on set and was like, I can't believe this is happening. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, so you think him and Sybil had something going? I, I really can't find any. Well, rational. obviously they had something going. Did you watch the end of this movie? Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why he did it then. Are they supposed to be brother and sister? Yes. They have like a weird incestuous relationship going on then, right? Because she keeps calling him my love and she's like naked and there's not I mean, I guess that this movie has a lot of sins, and that's not necessarily the most egregious. It's the fact that this movie is like an hour and 40 minutes, and, and it has no right to be. But I don't know. I, that stuck out as like a, a serious problem with the concept of this film. I think when you're a werewolf, you're already damned to hell. So it's just like, eh, anything goes at this point. Let's get behind the curtain and talk to the <laughs> wizard here. Like, okay, I don't think that there's any movie that's ever succeeded discussing incest. I I mean, call me crazy, but I don't want to watch that shit. Um, I believe the movie's called Not Another Teen Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, La Cousins, Din- D- the, the Dangerous Cousins or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the beginning of this movie, though, for a second, because my first note beyond the Zardoz stuff... Is uh, I said it doesn't matter if this movie's a pile of shit. The opening song is great. <laughs> yes, yeah. that okay. Ongo Bongo ripoff. Yeah, that song plays so many times uh, throughout the movie, and I never get sick of it. Every single time it starts playing, it sounds like um. So do you remember the song? There's a really weird song in Ghostbusters, right? When when they release all of the ghosts in the New York. I never even learned what the song's called, but I just remember like the lyrics like it's magic, magic, magic. It's like, it's, magic. It's, like it's that, but if the cramps were covering it. Like that's like, <laughs> the, like it's that song, but they got the dude from the cramps to do lead vocals, and it is just so fucking good, and it just comes up over and over again. Like you see a full performance of the song, then we cut to a funeral. And then they immediately go back to the performance of the song again. Like, if you cut the song out of the movie, the movie is less than an hour long, I'm pretty sure. Because they... <laughs> Also, uh, what's your favorite? So if this, if this song comes up like three, four times, whatever it is in the, the film, please tell me that your favorite time that it comes up is when it's just it cuts like 18 times of the of Sybil's like top being pulled down. Yeah, because that's my favorite version of the song. 
Now, here's my question. Were the band werewolves because didn't they travel to Transylvania as well? Or so wow. So this is my mind. Because they showed up later on, they show up playing again, but in Transylvania. I'd like to propose a different a different theory, which is that the werewolves love this band so much that they're kind of like deadheads or fans of fish. And wherever (laughs) wherever the band wherever the band goes, they go. Okay, okay. They're selling grilled cheese sandwiches and shit out of vans to each other. <laughs> um, so, yeah, In my notes, I wrote the song was called Weird Howling. <laughs> um, Weird Howling. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. From my mouth and uh, from my hand, why don't people understand my intentions? Um, <laughs> so... I have so there's no, one the best point. part about that whole scene though is you, you guys are missing the whole the best part of that scene when Christopher Lee comes up and that cheeky fuck like puts on those stupid new wave glasses and just kind of shakes does a head wobble it's insane <laughs> this whole movie is yeah. insane so so there's I have there's one point in this movie that I literally laughed out loud and I don't think I was supposed to but it was when the tough guy gets hit in the head with a giant fucking pipe. Oh my, you mean Biff's uh, tag alongs? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I lost my goddamn mind. Like, <laughs> he also gets hit with like a two by four. Like yeah. a board just springs up out of frame and smacks him in the side of the head it's for no so reason. It's so unexpected. And that's when we get our first real glimpse at the weird editing to cover up how shitty the CGI oh is. Um, <laughs> it's funny because like the Howling One has like one of the arguably best transformation sequences but i guess they were like fuck it by the time they got to part two and it's just the it's not even like on on a lawn cheney wolfman there is never a point where you physically see anybody's body part change it's just like quick cut to a hand quick cut to a foot cut back to the hand there's hair on that hand cut to the foot there's hair on that foot cut to the face it's already a wolf face like (laughs) (laughs) well i think that they spent their budget on that stupid fucking gargoyle later on i was gonna say the man kills the priest (laughs) somebody and there are also like two head explosions in this film so um, oh, I, no, no, no. You're talking about the eye pop. That was the best effect in the entire movie. Yeah, that's my favorite scene okay, in the whole yeah. da- damn film cool. is the, the eyeballs exploding out of that guy's face. Um, so there's a scene that is so laughably pointless, um, and I need to bring it up because it's possibly one of the best scenes. Um, there's a scene where they are driving – and out of nowhere, a werewolf just jumps up from the back seat, and they turn around and shoot it, and then just move on with the movie. <laughs> like, like, this is like a fever dream of a werewolf movie. It's the least earned jump scare I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, oh, I'm quoting you on that because that's that's saying a lot. Like so. If, I guess that oh it doesn't God. matter that we like follow the shit that happens in this movie because not even the people in the cutting room floor did that. Oh, I'm sure that there's like five or six different versions of this movie that are the exact same length and contain the exact same scenes but put in totally different order and no one's noticed. I don't think I, that anybody would care. Yeah, I think you're actually right about that because our main hero guy – 
I, I remember distinctly writing down the line. I was like, why does he keep saying this? Because this is the first time I watched this movie, by the way. I'd never okay, seen this This is movie. my first and last watch as well. Right. Yes. So the main character, the first time they meet Christopher Lee, he keeps saying like, oh, this guy thinking he's catching werewolves with the butterfly net. Oh, he's throwing nets on these werewolves. I'm like, why does he keep talking about nets? And then later, <laughs> and then later on, there's a scene in the graveyard where Christopher Lee's like throwing a net on a guy and they're there. Yeah. Too. So then I was like, wait, so was the order messed up? What What's going on here? You know, how do he know he was going to use a net on a werewolf? It's like a, it's almost like Chud. You remember how like Chud, there's two different endings and like yeah. the one ending just ends up in the middle of the movie. The <laughs> other cut. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Cause I definitely remember when I watched Chud as a kid that like the John can uh, or the John Goodman cameo is the last scene in the film. But like the DVD right, version, right. it's like fifteen minutes into the movie is just John. In the movie, Goodman. yeah. It's so weird. They did that a lot back then. Um, it's all the cocaine. <laughs> one of my notes says, "Are they fucking against the wall?" Because it seems highly appropriate given what happened in the previous forty-two minutes of this movie. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Okay, uh, we are wow, just burning through shit. Um, <laughs> so I have something about all these awkward sex scenes. Um, He's got his jeans fully on. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's the one. Yes. I'm like, is Matt Kelly having sex right now? <laughs> I just Hey, bro- there's a risk. You just unzip. You don't even unbutton. You just go right through the zipper. There's a risk factor there. So. Oh, that is <laughs> You just you just dry hump. Is that, what, is that what that Tom Cruise movie, Risky Business, is about? Because that seems like a really dangerous decision. <laughs> Speaking of zippers, that's my new move, is walking around just opening and closing my zipper. Like, hey. That's how my wife knows it's go time. I'm just going <laughs> to... Um, Between Matt talking about getting a fucking... <laughs> and you, Brian, talking about go time. It's amazing that any of us have ever had, ever felt the touch of a woman. <laughs> um, I have, so maybe you guys can clarify because I have a note that I do not know what it means anymore because it's been so long, but just as puppet show. Oh, yes. That, that's a little bit further on. Back, back to the sex scene with the jeans. Um, <laughs> uh, is, that, is that where the wolves are like smelling them fuck through the wall or something? Yes, everyone in town knows it's happening. Like, <laughs> that's disgusting. There's a guy in the country smelling a rose, and right as he enters her, he's like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he knows it's happening. Everyone in town is smiling and like, oh gosh. Well, like the hotel rooms, like the size of a shoebox, and the windows open. So I don't know, like what. <laughs> There was no way that they so were going to be. They're not werewolves. They're just they're just too loud. Yeah, I think everybody in town is a werewolf, though. Like, let's just get that out of. Wait. So at this point in the movie, our two leads know werewolves exist, correct? I, I is this? I, mean, I don't even remember. I think they do because I think this is the part where Christopher Lee showed them the, the tape of the original werewolf killing itself on TV or something. Right, yes. being killed right. and they went to a graveyard to kill the sister. That oh, wait, all happened. There, there was a question here, though, that I had. Um, so they retconned the end of the first movie with that, right? Like Christopher Lee says something to the effect of, "Like uh, this is something that few people have seen," or because, like, at the end of the first Howling, I thought it was understood, right. and in world, it would be okay. Everybody knows that werewolves exist because. 
somebody turned into one and got shot to death on television, right? Yeah, so I think the the theory or or what they're trying to say is that no one believed it. Like they saw it, but they were like, "Well, that seems fake. That seems in a like that seems weird." You know what I mean? <laughs> like which I don't, I, I, okay, I don't so think that any, sounds like bullshit because the the first movie came out in what 82, 83, 81. Well, I just don't think that if somebody was watching television and they saw a fucking werewolf transformation, they'd be like, "That's not that's not real." We've completely abandoned the, our usual attempt to follow the storyline. I don't even give a shit at this point. Because hey, the editor did too, so it's yeah. not a big deal. Okay, so I'm going to just mention a couple things that I have notes about that we've chronologically gone through as far as I can tell, but it doesn't even matter. So, Ben, that's the dude, right? That's the that's the guy whose sister is the werewolf, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> he's got like a million bullets in his revolver. In that first scene when they go to when he Christopher Lee and his girlfriend wife whatever uh, go to his sister's um, open casket for that she's in like a glass casket it's weird um, and they have to like fight off two or three were half werewolf weirdos and he shoots like twelve bullets revolvers only have six so that really broke my suspension and disbelief but then I think the next part is when the um, the the second female werewolf in command takes those dudes into the into the um, pointless uh, abandoned warehouse scene. Um, and I think that some... I have a note that says, let me sniff these panties I found on the ground. Um, oh, I boy. I don't quite remember what happened. Did, did she throw panties at the, the new wave punks that they took to kill there? Or something? I, I don't... I don't know. It, it seems like a weird thing for me to write down unless it really happened. But um, there are a lot of hot ladies in this movie, by the way. Like, they they must have spent all their money on getting attractive women to be topless in this film. Because, you know, the scene where they're taking, I guess, virgin blood? I, I don't know. It's not really explained. They're taking some sort of girl's blood to make Sybil young again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, or Sturba. Her name's Sturba in the movie. So <laughs> make Sturba young again. There are like 30 topless women in this room and everybody is oiled up. Like they just had baby oil that they had in like a mister and they're just misting the whole fucking room. It's crazy. Um, but th- um, after Sturba gets young again, people start like smelling her neck or something like that. And I was like, if you're really dogs... If, if you're a werewolf, wouldn't you oh, be boy. smelling each other's assholes? I mean, uh, we I have dogs, and they they don't know who you are unless they take a whiff of butt. Can I, so, can I just say, I wish you were the script supervisor on this movie? Dude, I wish I was the script supervisor on 90% of the movies we fucking discuss. <laughs> God. <laughs> Man, if this movie, this would be, movie would be even more infamous if that was a scene. Like, everyone's just like in a human centipede circle, just smelling each other's asses. <laughs> I don't. Th- I mean, as long as John Hamm is residing over the proceeds here, uh, we're in good shape. Um, so, also, I realized that there that there's now magic in the Howling um, franchise because that's the only way that you can explain the weird witchcraft that's going on. Um, so, all you need to do is 
um, if you need to regain your awesome boobies, just inhale the life force of a young dead virgin. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it'll work for you guys in a couple years. It's worked for me. So there you go. That's that's your information for the day. And then I think we almost immediately have a wolf threesome. Is, am I remembering correctly here? Yeah. There's a lot of wolf fucking happening in this movie in general. There, well, mm -hmm. I have a note that says, like, another awkward sex scene. That was the, like, jeans-on sex scene. And so with the nomenclature another, that implies that there have been previous equally <laughs> awkward sex scenes. But I think that the that werewolf threesome, it's Sturba, her main dude, and the, uh, the, the female second-in-commander. I mean, she's, like, the, the new one or whatever – it seems to me that there's some sort of, they're trying to imply that Serb <clears throat> um, is back and she's kind of taking this new werewolf and making her second leader. So I don't know. It's not really explained very well. But they don't look like they're having fun while they're having sex. It's like they just are like getting fake fur in their mouths and, and like slapping their, each other's hands away and growling it. I don't know. It, at least try and, I mean, if this movie is supposed to be over sex, which it really is, is a very crude over sexing and there's like naked people everywhere. There's a lot of sex happening, but none of it is sexy. I was not like even the least bit aroused by anything that happened in this film. Well, I got a question for you then. Okay. So Sybil Danning, Mid transformation, would you, dude? Any hot lady mid transformation? Yes. <laughs> when she's wearing like that kind of blonde hair, full body sweater Suit. thing. Oh. Yes, it's, it's, like a, it's, it's a sweater jumpsuit. Um, yeah. Although, here's a better question: <clears throat> Sybil Danning, mid transformation, howling too, or? Uh, Natalie Portman, mid-transformation, uh, trick-or-treat. Wait, Natalie Portman well, not, wasn't not, in trick-or-treat? Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt, who is it? Ann Paquin? Ann Paquin, so Anna Paquin, yeah, sorry. I always get the two of them mixed up in my I, head. Didn't you do a trick-or-treat episode and do the exact same thing? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I was like, this seems familiar for some reason. <laughs> this whole Natalie Portman thing. Too, man. Don't deny it. Although, trick that trick-or-treat scene is one of my all-time favorite werewolf scenes. So, yeah. I, we absolutely discussed how amazing that scene was. Um, although, I feel like the vast majority of Howling 2 is just a full-length 80s heavy metal music video. Because there's everybody in, like, pleather... These absurd pleather outfits. Like, Sturba's outfits make no sense unless they're high fashion. Because, like, they barely hold her gigantic breasts in. She's just, like, <laughs> about to flop out. You can't fight if you have two strips of pleather covering your nipples. I, I don't know. I guess it's not that terrible of a thing because she was a model that's fine but it's just very impractical and i've read a lot of comic books in my time so i know about impractical female outfits <laughs> i mean she's no witch blade for the uh for the initiated hey uh if if jonathan london listens to this i would love for him 
That's the Podfather for anybody just tuning in. <laughs> uh, head of Geekscape. He's a total nerd. I says, wonder. Says our name wrong on every show that he promotes us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think he's only done one show since we really blew up. So uh, it's He says okay. horror movie club every single time and then corrects himself. <laughs> well, I don't think that you would be close friends with someone who could actually get somebody's name correct. Yeah, I've called us Reddit Horror Club a few times still. Yeah, that's a name that will never ever come back come out of the uh of our genes so do we want to stop talking about this movie because we've been no, going for I almost so 30 much minutes to talk about. All right. <laughs> the transformation montages are shit then we have this weird midget or dwarf i think he's a dwarf actually they call him dwarf but i don't even know if that's accurate anymore so we have this guy who is a helper and knows christopher mm. lee i think and then he gets turned into some sort of zombie uh, he gets killed, but doesn't. I, I guess people don't necessarily come back as werewolves. They come back as whatever Sturba wants. Oh, and you're forgetting about the blessed earplugs because we uh, talked about that uh, wolf for right. We all know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Duh. Come on now. Wolves howl, your eyes pop out, and you become a zombie. Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah. So that that scene where Sturba, where they paint her like um, they do the painting on the film where she. It was pre-CGI, so of course they had to paint on the film to give her like this weird energy projection power to make guys' eyeballs explode. That was a pretty nice scene. Uh, the explosion was it was good and it was gory and pretty disgusting. Uh, but it was, I really got taken out of it because I don't like the addition of magic to werewolves. I don't think that it needs it. Mm. I like it. I mean, I like the idea of it being a curse, but I don't need witchcraft and and this all-powerful sturba bitch because it isn't the original called sturba werewolf bitch i told my wife that and she was like what the fuck are you doing with your life watching (laughs) this i'm gonna be famous baby (laughs) (laughs) did you see what we did at at, uh, at, uh monster mania um but okay so after that guy's eyeballs explode and then i think the zombie short person comes back there's a part where the girl, I think her name's Julie. It doesn't really matter because everybody in this movie is worthless. She is about to get raped by a werewolf. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And this is a legitimate line from the movie. I was burning my way through this piece of crap. And I had to re-watch this scene twice just so I could take the note so I could have an exact quote. You will die, but first you'll taste the pleasure of blowing a werewolf. (laughs) Did he say blowing a werewolf? He said blowing a werewolf. And then Sturba comes up and smacks the shit out of him. And um, and then I guess that she goes to get um, hung up on a pole, a stake, you know, like Julie. And I don't know why they don't just kill her. I don't know why anything happens in this movie. Sturba seems so incredibly overpowered that she could do whatever she wants. She's impervious to to any sort of non-magic power. And so, okay, if Christopher Lee is her brother slash lover, and that would make sense that he's old and she was taking, like, virgin life force to become young and hot. Does it make sense? Why would he not be old? (laughs) Uh, she's 10 centuries old they said that right or millenniums does that mean that he also is a werewolf and and or warlock and has killed people and taken their life force so that he could live centuries long 
There are a lot of questions. No idea. Okay, so I guess then there's the this is oh actually after the blowing a werewolf scene, which is uh, harkens back to our first episode of horror movie night where we discuss wolf cop and Adam refers to sucking on the wolf cock as (laughs) sucking on a fuzzy sock. You know, that would be a good fan edit, you know, where the guy says you'll enjoy the pleasures of blowing a werewolf then cut to that scene in Wolf Cop. I don't know. I did watch this movie on YouTube, so I'm assuming that it was a correct rip, but it, I don't know if there was some ADR that was going on. I don't know. Honestly, I would not put it past this movie to say blowing a werewolf. <laughs> this movie is so uncouth and inappropriate and in not even a fun way. It's just cringy. So then there's another orgy. This is orgy like number four of this movie. It's insane. And not but once did then... they play Blue Monday during that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Good. You've been waiting for 33 minutes of us recording to do that. Uh, so then the there's a priest and he goes up against Sturba and she has a staff and the top of the staff becomes alive. And it's a gargoyle of some mm-hmm. sort. A werewolf gargoyle thing? I don't know. And it goes down this dude's throat, right? Or I think it's his tail. But knowing the rest of this movie, do you think that it might be another appendage? <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's experiencing the pleasures of <laughs> blowing, blowing a werewolf gargoyle. So he chokes to death on... Let's just say the the gargoyle's tail. But then somebody shoots the gargoyle, right? I'm pretty sure that, he sh- that the gargoyle like gets shot by somebody or other. But then um, before Christopher Lee shows up for the final ridiculous scene with you, what you find out is his sister slash lover, Sturba, um, she has time for a costume change, which makes a lot of sense. Maybe it's magic. Maybe it's a magic costume change, and so she doesn't need an, a whole lot of time. But, magic, you know, magic. But, <laughs> it's magic. It's magic. Uh, so then we have them both burned to death, and everybody's okay, I guess. And then another gargoyle pops out of the dead priest's mouth. So I'm, I have to reassess whether or not that was the gargoyle's tail penetrating that guy's esophagus. Just food for thought. Um, and then we get to the end of the movie where Julie and Ben make it home and are fine, I guess. They move into a new neighborhood and then there's this like priest slash weirdo down the street next door, whatever. And he's like... Why don't you come back some other time, I, or or something? Can you guys help me out here? Well, a little werewolf kid trick or treats at their door. That's right. Okay, yeah, that's what I was. I didn't write. And down then they notes. see it go into. The, they're supposed to be back in like New York or whatever. I mean, I think it's safe to say that this entire movie was actually shot in Transylvania or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they're playing like they're leaving and going and coming back and forth, but it's always there. I mean. The neighbors has that accent, like when they're back. back. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So so that's the movie. I don't know how I even had notes for that because it is 
unfollowable. This movie is almost unwatchable until the best part of the movie at the end, which is the the, the new wave song plays again, and there's a Sturba montage, which really plays to this film's strengths. Both of them. <laughs> which, that's not that joke, because I read a review that I'm pretty sure Roger did of Howling 2 that said the exact same thing. He just says, like, there are two good reasons to watch this movie. Uh, Service boobs, or more or less, is what he said. I want to find the eloquent. I I would love for that to actually be how he said it on his TV show. I think that he was a little bit more eloquent than me because he made money from talking about movies. Yeah, like I don't know. I'm just hoping that there's a tape somewhere of, at the movies with Cisco and Ebert, where he's just like, "Well, there's two good reasons to like this movie: titties, Roger, titties." <laughs> <laughs> It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Uh, Real quick, Brian, I guess before we do what did we watch this week, uh, is there anything that you're working on that's worth promoting? I know that uh, we're we're working on the website right now, which I believe is going to launch during the Twitter takedown. There'll be more to discuss about that shortly. Um, And uh, on there we have a link called Friends of the Podcast, and there is a link where people can can watch Jennifer help us. Uh, Oh, sweet. But I wanted to know if there's anything else going on with you guys. Yeah, um, well, I, I guess I'll go in order of what's coming up first. Uh, Juan, the director of Jennifer Help Us, uh, just completed his next movie, which is called Fingers. And right. uh, it stars uh, the, oh, I can't think of his name, the guy from Greasy Strangler, the white-haired dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Jeremy Gardner from The Batteries in it as well. Um I've already seen a rough edit. It's definitely going to be something different. So, okay. uh, yeah. But that go- if you Google search Fingers movie, it does produce some questionable results. So, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I was just about to do it. So I, uh, thank you for stopping me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you might uh, – I think they have a Facebook and an Instagram as of now. No trailer or anything has dropped. But uh, that will be coming soon, and that's called Fingers. So, <laughs> But aside from that, I'm just I'm I'm writing some stuff. Uh, I've got some stuff in the works. Uh, nothing worth talking about because I don't want to be a liar, you know. So um, good way yeah. to be. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what did you guys watch this week? This is actually not this week. This was a couple weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it. I mean, unless I didn't, Matt, you tell me. But uh, Death Wash, Death Watch, no. from two thousand. Five, I want to say, um, it's a uh, it's a World War One movie, and it's kind of like um, it's it it's almost like a little bit like Event Horizon, but in the trenches in World War One. Ah, maybe not. Maybe more like Cube. It's hard to really explain, but it's like they're they're in these trenches and it seems like they're being haunted by ghosts more or less. Uh, and some really awful shit happens 
and uh, it's it's good. I don't know if I'd rewatch it. Um, it got really great reviews. I think I read something about it on Our Horror um, quite a while ago, but um, just got around to watching it now. But um, it was good, but I don't, again, I don't think I'd watch it a second time because it wasn't, it has, um, who's the guy that plays Smeagol and Gollum? Oh, um, oh right. right. Uh, Andy Circus. Yes, Andy Circus is in it, so... I mean, it's got a, a quite a nice cast of characters, and it's, it was well made, but it was just um, a little bit drier than my usuals. So, I, I, you know, it was good. I would recommend it if you want to be, um, if you're alone. I wouldn't watch it with another person because it's a little too dry to watch in a group. But um, Megan and I watched two movies together, one that we loved and one that she really disliked. The one that we both loved was actually Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, we're not Harry Potter people. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we kind of probably missed a lot of the a lot of the in jokes and references and stuff. But it was a really fun movie. And we just we really love um, uh, what's the main guy? He was in the French girl uh, or I mean the Danish girl, rather. Um Eddie Redmayne. Eddie, Eddie, right. Eddie Redmayne, yeah. And the first time we saw him was uh, in My Weekend with Marilyn, which is a great, great film. <clears throat> so anyway, that, that was really fun. Um, but then we also watched La La Land, and she hated it. <laughs> so she's a huge fan of musicals, especially classical classic musicals like from the 40s and 50s. And it really fell flat for her, which was disappointing because i laughed and enjoyed myself during the watch i wouldn't rewatch it um i didn't realize a lot of the references that they were having i knew that there were a lot of references but i didn't know what they were for necessarily i read a couple of reviews and some some analyses of it and it kind of took away my desire to rewatch. and i think that it got way more credit than it deserved because i mean i love ryan gosling but and he pretty much carries that movie. Um, but both he and um, Emma Stone's characters are kind of insufferable people, and they never change. So I mean, I like it, but between that and their lack of chemistry, it was kind of a disappointment because you know the Academy was like blowing up about it. So. Well, that anyway. movie, that movie, I can't think of a film in more recent history where, like, I, when it first came out, I still haven't seen it, but, like, when it first came out, all I read was all of my friends raving about the movie, and then just, like, out of nowhere, everybody hated it. Like, it was just, like, this weird, everyone was either, there was, like, a very brief period where everyone was, like, I love La La Land on my Facebook page, and now everything has shifted to, like, Man, La La Land's a fucking joke, am I right? Like, <laughs> weird. Yeah. Uh, so I will go real quickly. Um, I've written about it on the Facebook page a couple times, but uh, I will say it on here as well because it deserves everyone's attention. Um, Anatomy of Jane Doe is so incredibly good. Uh, I know. I need to watch it. I need to watch it. It's going to get spoiled for me. I know I'm going to. And that's the biggest thing is seeing it before people ruin it. 
Um, so I haven't been spoiled yet. Yeah. I totally got spoiled on Split. That pissed me off, but um, yeah. I haven't been spoiled on that one yet. So Yeah, so Anatomy of Jane Doe, it's out on DVD and Blu-ray right now. Um, I think it's only available in Walmart, and then in June it'll be available everywhere, but you can buy it from Scream Factory. I'm sure that this will eventually be on Netflix streaming if it isn't already, mm. but it is a... It is, um, Okay, so I will say this much. Shut off the lights. Oh, boy. <laughs> watch okay. it. The best way to do it is watch it late at night. Shut off the lights. If you can get, like, a good surround sound going as well. Like, it is one of those movies where it plays so much on the audio and visual element of it uh, that you don't want it. Like, I think if you watch it in the middle of the day with a group of friends all talking, it's not going to work. But if you watch it fairly alone or with, like, one or two other people in like the the same conditions that you would have in a movie theater it will achieve all of the things that it tries to achieve as far as genuine scares um and i just want to give a quick shout out to the podcast that i have not been able to stop listening to uh this week called all fantasy everything uh it is a podcast in which a group of comedians do a football fantasy draft but with nonsensical stuff um today uh this week's topic was uh, <laughs> songs that uh, point specific parts in specific songs that give you goosebumps uh, is what they were drafting. Um, so listening to them get like really heated and angry when someone takes their song, be it the saxophone in Baker Street or uh, Freddie Mercury's high note in Under Pressure uh, is super entertaining and they're, they're able to make it really fun. Uh, so I either recommend that episode or stuff to do while you're drunk as like good starter episodes to uh, really give you an idea of what the show is about. And if you're a rap fan like me, then them drafting rap posses is one of my favorite episodes as well. But if you're not in the rap, then that episode is going to just fall flat for you. Uh, Brian, how about you? Is there anything you've seen recently that you'd like to let the world know about? Yeah, um, I've been powering through the new Mystery Science Theater 3000. I uh, don't know if you guys are fans of the original show or not. I love the original show, and I watched one episode of the new series so far. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, there's a little bit of a getting used to it, but I do think it pretty much embraces, you know, the heart of the old show. I I, I like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So um, it's more enjoyable if you watch with friends. I think that's true with the old one as well. But, uh, yeah, I'd recommend that. And then um, what else? What else? I did see Split. It was okay. It was good, I guess. Would it have been better uh, had like, the ending not ru- been ruined for you? Well, I, I mean, have you guys seen it? Or I haven't, but no. I know the ending. And that's like kind okay, of my... Yeah. Scott, I'm a, did you hear the ending by now, too? Even if even if he has, let's not talk too... In, not yeah, put I, too I'm much not detail in. Yeah, yeah. Because I, any... I listeners... just don't really think... It's really pushed as like a twist ending. It's more just like a... A clip. It's not really, you know, it doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Don't, don't build it up in your heads, people, you know, go in, just watch it. And it's a pleasurable little clip at the end, basically is all it is in my opinion. But um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, and then I don't know if you guys, you guys delve into like no budget cinema. I, it's pretty tough to call no budget stuff cinema, actually. But <laughs> the, 
<laughs> do you guys delve into any of that whatsoever? Uh, I mean, Personally, I prefer, <laughs> I prefer the stuff that they drop a lot of money on and is garbage, kind of <laughs> like the movie that we watched this week. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so there is a filmmaker, I think, from Michigan. His name is Bill Z. Bub. Have you, have you guys heard of this guy whatsoever? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Bill Z. Bub. I... I I he has a pretty large filmography if you look him up on Amazon. I've only seen one of his movies I just watched recently uh, by the title Ant Farm Dickhole. Um, <laughs> so to let that title wash over you, uh, <laughs> it, it could be a future episode. I, I might have to write uh, into your no. mailbag <laughs> no. to make this happen. <laughs> um, so here's the premise. A guy who's been bullied his entire life and now he is in his 30s and bullies still like pick on him. Um, he gets beat up in the woods and while he's unconscious, an ant colony, uh, takes refuge inside his exposed penis. Um, and at that point he realizes that there's a codependency going on. So anytime the bullies pick on him, he essentially whips out his dick and the ants attack the bullies. That's oh, the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> and farm dick There you go. You know, I, as, as bad and in poor taste as this concept is, I kind of want to see how they attack the bullies. Uh, I'm not going to... You know what? You're probably going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a prosthetic penis. They didn't really put ants inside. Oh, I didn't think that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, um, wow. Yeah, I don't know if there's a trailer... I'm telling you, when it's explained to you, it sounds like it's going to be way better than it actually is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ant Farm Dickhole, if anyone's adventurous and wants to give that a try, uh, I, I guess I'd recommend it on the pure, you know, WTF factor. So uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, that was The Howling 2 from 1986, as picked by Dan, also known as Big Yanks. Uh, we are joined by Brian Berger, who told us about an alien ant farm dickhole just now. <laughs> um, so if you are a fan of the show, you can always track us down on Facebook. Uh, our website is coming soon, hmnpodcast.com. Um, currently, if you go there, it has links to all of our different stuff right now, such as our SoundCloud and our Facebook and our Twitter and all that good jazz. Um, but... Right now, instead of doing the normal promos that we do at the end, it's about time that we announce that we are, in fact, going to be doing our Twitter takedown on June 23rd. Uh, it is going to be from noon to midnight. We're asking that you watch the movies with us and use the hashtag HMNViewingParty in order to join the discussion. Um, we're still working out the order, but we know what movies will be watched. So we will be watching in no particular order yet, uh, Near Dark. Friday the 13th 3D, Scream, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, Idle Hands, Starship Troopers. Um, Those are the ones. uh, We picked three of them. You guys voted on the other three. Uh, And we will be having a good time just watching them, trash-talking them online, and, you know, having an overall good time. Um, What we are trying to do, uh, and more information of this will come in time is that we are going to try to actually be video streaming from Twitch uh, on the Geekscape Twitch channel 
uh, throughout the 12 hours so that while you guys are tweeting, we'll be on camera talking about the movies as they're on, making fun of the movies, and reading your Twitter posts as it's all going down. And uh, additionally, there might be a chance that I am doing a full 24-hour stream. Uh, I'm looking into if that is possible. And if we do that, then we'll be raising money for ALS, and we'll talk about that a little more in a future episode. Um, This has been Horror Movie Night, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have movies that you think we should watch, send us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and Farm Dickle. And Farm Dickle. And Farm Dickles. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus Christ. And join us next week when we talk about yet another werewolf movie. Uh, of, of equally questionable value. <laughs> Weird howling. <laughs> <laughs> My transformation is in real. Oh my god! My transformation. God, I need to cover that. I need to make it real. It is mind blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.